0: It was about twenty to thirty percent before last year that we're using time ticketing. Last year's 80%. It was just crazy. It flipped almost 100-fold. And then this year, it stayed up in that range. It was about 75%, so down just a little bit, but 75% are still using time ticketing.
1: The iopa Expo in Orlando is the largest trade show for the attractions industry. From networking to education, tours, and a massive show floor, it can be so overwhelming that you miss a lot. But fear not, we rounded up some of the hot, specific programming from this past expo just for you. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is the first part in our mini-series covering some of the haunt-friendly programming from this year's IAPA Expo in Orlando. Coming up, we're talking ticketing trends. Stay with us. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Netherworld to Dark Hour, Area 15, and even Hagrid's Motorbike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. Okay, back to the show. HauntPay, aka Passage, is a ticketing platform tailored to haunted attractions. This year, the team put together and released a free ticketing trends report,
0: and I stopped by to discuss the findings with Alex during IAPA. My name is Alex Linebrink, and I'm the founder and CEO of HauntPay, and we power scary, simple ticketing and payments for haunted attractions. At IAPA, we are actually talking more about non- haunted events. So we have our Passage brand, which is our version of Haunt Pay for the non-haunted side of things. And we're showcasing uh, a little bit of everything. Things for attractions, things for family entertainment centers, be it time ticketing or virtual queues or virtual access if it's for music and that side of things as well. With HauntPay, we power ticketing and payments both online and at the door. So we have an online register online component for fans and customers there of haunts. We also help the haunts reach more fans. We had over 6 million people this year looking for haunted houses on our, which they're not going to do that anyplace else. We're the haunted house ticketing guys, right? So they look on our site, we push them to our haunted attractions whenever possible, and then we have that at the door point of sale system. This year, and and last, we started to add this in, but it became more mature this year, our free virtual queue system to allow people to get text messages when it's their turn waiting in line, which is a little out of fashion these days. Uh, We also have a virtual access that some people have been using for behind the scenes stuff, live stream of what's going on behind the scenes, or makeup tours and and education and that sort of thing. Um, That's been used by haunted attractions quite a bit, more than I actually expected. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit
1: about ticketing trends that you've seen in 2021
0: and how you think that's going to change in 2022. We have seen quite a bit of a move from cash at the door ticketing and that sort of thing to online ticketing in advance. It was about 20 to 30 percent before last year that we're using time ticketing. Last year's 80%. It was just crazy. It flipped almost 100 fold. And then this year it stayed up in that range. It was about 75%. So down just a little bit, but 75% were still using time ticketing, which is awesome to see. And I expect that to, to continue there. Do you have any information on when a person is purchasing a ticket for when they are attending? Yeah, we do. And it's lengthened out. It's not a, what you'd think. Previously, we saw that that was more so like day, yeah. day of, couple days before, that sort of thing. Yeah, there'd be the early birds that were getting in on the early deals a month before or something like that. But the average was like in that two, maybe three-day range before this year. Now, this year, the, the last two years, I'm, I'm kind of including together here, but the last couple of years, it's really lengthened out and it's over a week. You know, So this was the first time that I think we actually saw the average was over a week. It was more like eight or nine days. And of course, that's, that's a lot of those are real early coming in. Those early bird specials, and if you can get that money 60 days in advance, why not? It's money in your pocket there, yeah.
1: And in terms of ticketing options, are you seeing that haunts are adding different ticket options to what they're offering
0: overall? Yeah, I would say more than ever before doing front of the line passes and things like that. They're they're seeing that there's a lot of desire out there to wait in line for shorter amounts of time. We've even seen some that have been adding on options to get into a virtual queue. We really didn't anticipate that when we built our virtual queue system. We expected people would just use it for everything. But it it turns out it actually might work better in, in a lot of use cases if somebody has a general admission that still stands in line, but a virtual queue that's a little bit of an upsell. You pay a little extra to get that virtual queue where you can keep roaming and then just get a text message when you can go straight to the door, yeah.
1: In your opinion, what would be the best design
0: for a ticketing system for a haunt? The best design. Oh, I mean, I think it's definitely uh, a haunted attraction is getting the biggest bang for their buck when they're doing online sales. They're starting early. They're doing timed ticketing, maybe not down to like the the 10 minute or 15 minute intervals, but hourly intervals. When you have the dates and times selected by the customer, that actually lets you change price points, see how many people are coming on certain days, so you can even change who's working those days and that sort of thing. So I think that is all advantageous. And then also tacking on the virtual queue element, especially if you have a midway. If you have a midway with different things that people can do and spend money at, concessions, merchandise, little midway games, five-minute escape rooms, that sort of thing, you want to keep people roaming instead of waiting in line because they're not spending money when they're waiting in line. So that is your primo to have that added on there too. So people get that text message when it's their turn. But until then, they're roaming your midway spending more money. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see a
1: reverse in that trend of planning ahead? Or do you think that the consumer has just permanently shifted their leisure planning to an earlier time frame?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a full reverse. I think there will be a little bit of a back off as things continue to open up here. And who knows exactly how that all works over the next year. But if it continues the direction it's going, I would say there will be a little bit of a back down on that. And people will maybe get a little bit closer to the day of. But in general, I think people are more and more often looking at their phones, looking at their your laptop and saying, what's open this weekend or next weekend or that day that we have a holiday, birthday or a celebration? What is open? What can I guarantee spot in right now and they're reserving right now when they see it's open. They don't want to wait and chance it until that comes up. And more and more people have been trained into that with the pandemic stuff and the limited capacity as you mentioned earlier that's that's come lately. So I think that that's going to continue to happen and there's it's it's gotten a lot easier. The tools are available now, integrations with Google and all these different sites to book straight through. So yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Talk about a little bit about the future that you see for ticketing. Yeah, I mean, I would say that is something to check out. Good SEO stuff that's going on, right? If the system works well with Google and all the SEO that's out there, you're going to see buy now tickets right in the search results. That's limiting them so they, the customer doesn't have to make that extra click, right? They can just click right there and it pops right up. In, in some situations, you can even, hey, Google, I'm, I'm trying to speak quietly so I don't alert everybody's phones, right? But hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, what's going on? And book right from there. And I think that's coming more and more. There's not a lot of it right now, right? But I think that's something to watch out for, more people wanting to do that. So those are some integrations that make a lot of sense. And then again, this has been a trend for a while, but it's going to continue to be a trend, mobile friendliness. It's got to be mobile friendly it's got to be easy for the customer to get to not have to download an app necessarily to do something but just one click pop in get your tickets be ready to go not have to print stuff out we're talking about basic trends that have been happening over a long period of time but it's going to it's all accelerated i think that's one big thing everything has become digital no touch during the pandemic and people like it more so it's going to stick around yes. yeah
1: what are you all looking at in in not just Hanpei, but also in Passage, what are you looking at in terms of meet where the customers are drifting
0: to? Those are all things that we're always trying to improve. That's kind of why they're top of my mind too. We always want to limit clicks, but there is a fine line between user friendliness too. Like if it's one click, but it's, you have to scroll down the page for eight pages to get there, that's not that working. It's a combination of user friendliness, low number of clicks, getting there from external sources as well. So we're working on more integrations with third parties where again, those buy now buttons can show up on those other sites before they even get to our site. And eventually we are starting to look into the integration with the assistants, the virtual assistants. And I think that's cool. I'm excited to see where that. It goes yeah, yeah. You, you can become more of what powers it completely in the background
1: where in many cases they might not even ever see your portal but you're going to be powering the
0: interaction exactly that is our goal we want to help you reach more fans and sell more tickets we don't care if our name is on it we don't care if people know that it's powered by haunt pay or passage in the background depending on our haunted or non-haunted side we just want to help our clients sell more tickets because that's where we're both making money and, and we're both having the best experience there. So that's our main goal with everything we do. Where are we going to be able to see you next? Oh, next, I think we'll probably be Transworld. Uh, that's the one that's coming up in March. That's usually early in the year. And we always go to that one. We always go to that, always go to Midwest. We'll see if uh, there are any other non haunted ones we squeeze in before, but definitely we'll be there.
1: Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. I recorded this episode in November 2021 at the IAPA Expo in Orlando. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction
0: Network production. Yeah!